In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Amen. (laughs) Folks, I spent most of my 30s in Virginia. Not because I lived there or even stayed there for more than a night or two. I spent most of my 30s in Virginia because Virginia is the home of that great ribbon of highway called Route 81, which connects Pennsylvania to Tennessee. And somehow, whenever a friend would call or I would take inventory of my comings and goings, and the question came up, what are you doing? The response was always, I'm driving through Virginia. On one of those fine Shenandoah mornings as the sun was rising and my little Subaru was being careened by the backdraft from a big rig 18-wheeler barreling down the Blue Ridge Highway, my eyes spied a phrase that has since lodged itself in my memory to this day. It was a rusted out and banged up old Dodge pickup, the muffler barely hanging on for dear life. In the bed of the pickup, was a middle-aged woman lounging with short brown-rimmed cowboy hat just covering her eyes. By her feet was her old brown dog. I know all of this in such detail because I admit it, I was tailgating them. (laughs) You know, there's not much to grab the imagination out there when you spend most of your 30s on Highway 81. In bold red letters, the bumper sticker gave the following admonishment. Jesus is coming. Look busy. (laughs) Even though the irony and humor of that bumper sticker on that old pickup is not lost on me in the least, I'm sure I LOL'd, certainly something was triggered in my unconscious when I read it, and I proceeded to sit up straight and grab the wheel and do my best at looking busy. Jesus is coming. Look busy. Are these words to live by? Words that the church has lived by unconsciously? Not this church, of course. I'm talking about the church at large, universal, throughout the world and throughout time. Today, in our direly impending gospel reading, we see and hear an apocalyptic Jesus, and his cataclysmic predictions are disturbing indeed. Signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. When these things begin to take place, he says, stand up, raise up your heads. This Advent, In the weeks to come, Father Duncan and I will be centering in on the theme of preparing the way. In that preparing the way, we are being ready for that day that is coming. And make no mistake about it, folks. That day is coming when Jesus returns and makes all things new. So let's examine for a moment 
the difference between Jesus is coming, look busy, and Jesus is coming, prepare the way. Last week, on November 30th, the InSight lander successfully landed on that red planet. It beamed images back to us from our nearest planetary neighbor, and the Martian sunset was viewed for the first time in human history. The first time ever. Us. We are the first humans to see an image of the sunset on Mars. Call me crazy, but doesn't it make you wonder if Martians have been here to our Earth, transmitting back pictures of our Earthen sunset? I wonder about these kind of things. It's, it's a bit of a hobby. In fact, you might be familiar that not too far from here, in Grover's Mill, New Jersey, on October 30th, 1939, a strange meteorite landed in a local farmer's field. I, of course, am referring to the infamous reading of an adaptation of the classic science fiction novel, The War of the Worlds. Orson Welles did very well to stir up pandemonium on that day. His radio broadcast hoax announced that not only were the Martians coming, but that the Martians were already here in New Jersey. (laughs) And man, did that radio listening public start to really look busy. Reports that people all over the country were leaving their homes and running about the streets like Pandora's box had just been opened. Caught off guard, weren't they? Well, in their defense, I wouldn't know how to prepare for a Martian invasion either. But I do know how to prepare for a Jesus invasion. When he returns, when Jesus returns, his word tells us it will not be a drill. It will not be a hoax, not a prank, but rather it will come upon all who live on the face of the earth. Is it getting hot in here? Stand up. Raise up your heads when you see these signs. What does this street corner preacher, apocalyptic Jesus, have in common with the baby in the manger, meek and mild? What do Advent and Apocalypse hold in tension? How does Silent Night have anything in common with Judgment Day? How is it that this first Sunday of Advent is forever embedded with this frightful end times prediction in the Gospel of Luke? Well, let me spell it out for us. It is because the baby that we await during Advent is no ordinary baby. He is the incarnate one, the Emmanuel, the God who is with us, the embodied fulfillment of prophecy and the joy of all of humanity's desires. He is the lamb that was slain from before time began, the one who broke into human history in Bethlehem and will break into human history again. He is the same one who was crucified, has died, 
and has risen. He is the same Jesus who will come again, whom we await now during this Advent in these last days. It's even built into our liturgy, isn't it? Every Sunday, every time we say the Creed, and every time we come to the Eucharist, to the table, we say together, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. That's the good news. I have taken to saying the last line of that profession of faith with the emphasis on the word will. Christ will come again. Say it with me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. I say it like that because it builds up my faith. Because sometimes when we get together and do this thing called church, we can easily gloss over the mechanics of the liturgy. But I like to say Christ will come again because it also reminds me that it's my responsibility to prepare the way in the power of his spirit. I also say it because it's true. These are perilous times, folks. The headlines and the newspapers and on TV mirror some of those cataclysmic events that Jesus was saying. Almost picture him with a sandwich board. The end is near. These are times when paradise is literally in flames. Paradise, California, that is. And its surrounding principalities. These are times when Crimeans are crying rivers. These are times when an earthquake has undone Anchorage, Alaska. When the islands of Puerto Rico and Haiti are still in trouble and still in rubble and disarray. Tsunamis, landslides, sub-Saharan famine in Africa, radioactive waves from Fukushima, Japan, reaching California shores, signs in the heavens. Raise your heads. When we see these things, we know that the kingdom of God is near. We can so often find ourselves echoing the great poem, Dover Beach, by Matthew Arnold. The world which seems to lie before us like a land of dreams, so various, so beautiful, so new, has really neither joy nor love, nor light, nor certitude, nor peace, nor help for pain. And we are here as on a darkling plain, swept with confused alarms of struggle and flight, where ignorant armies crash and clash by night. We can find ourselves resonating too deeply with the reality that James Russell Lowell illustrated when he said, truth forever on the gallows, wrong forever on the throne. We can hang our heads and become overwhelmed with the weight of human suffering and resonate too deeply with that great Anglo-Irish poet, William Butler Yeats, who cried, the world has so much more weeping than I could ever understand. We can throw up our hands at the signs of the times and lose heart, lose faith, lose hope, or just lose. 
And we begin to believe that the work we do for the kingdom is to no avail, that our labor is in vain somehow, that when we prepare the way, we are only preparing the way for more chaos, more calamity, and grief unfathomable. Or we can hear the words of Jesus echoing across the centuries. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I'm going. His disciples, like many of us, respond, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way? And Jesus answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean, that Jesus is the way? What does it mean for us to prepare the way? It means that we follow him. We imitate him together. We allow him to imbue our character and his nature into the essence of our beings, that we will be compelled, and not just compelled, but that we will inevitably do the things that he did. It means that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to repair the broken places, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to a weary humanity, and to do it together. This is what it means to prepare the way. Church, we need less looking busy and more preparing the way. We need less programs and more prophets who speak the truth. We need less business as usual and more beauty extraordinary. Less concern about the letters of what we do and how we do it and more passionate devotion to the one to whom we belong. So my challenge for us, my challenge for you, and hopefully your challenge for me, this Advent, our challenge to one another is as follows. Jesus is coming. Are we at St. Paul's a church that is merely looking busy? Or are we a people who are preparing the way for a kingdom and his king? You see, every generation, from Peter and Paul on right up to us, has believed that they were living in the last days, that Jesus would be back any second. We are no exception. Every generation believed that the end was near. But those Christians, over the generations, and us today, we can have confidence and hope knowing that the beginning 
is near. Prepare the way of the Lord, for the beginning is near. Amen.